Right, I've changed my introduction, so I've got evening one and all. I was getting a bit bored the other way. Right, uh, you may be happy or sad that uh, I've finished the football um, talk now, so I don't know. Oh, thank you for that. I was thinking about doing a rugby team. Hey! <laughs> 15 players, it might be a bit of a stretch. Oh. <laughs> right. So, imagine a world in complete darkness. Ooh. No sun in the sky, uh, no moon or stars at night, no lamps or street lights or even torches or candles. Pitch black. For a start, you wouldn't be able to see my face. Now, for some of you, that might be a blessing. I don't know. I also wouldn't be able to see you, so you could happen, happily fall asleep without me knowing, and I wouldn't be offended. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> <laughs> On a more serious note, without light, the earth would, be, would quickly disappear. For a start, nothing would grow. Plants rely on the sun for their food via photosynthesis. I don't know if you remember that from biology lessons. And then in turn, plant-eating animals would run out of food, and vegans, of course. <laughs> then carniv- carnivores would also die because their food source would slowly run out, including the rest of us normal people. That doesn't sound too great, does it? And that's just talking about natural light. We could get into artificial light, such as lamps and street lights, that if we didn't have, the whole world would be stumbling around in darkness, blind to one another and what others are doing. That is why, before God made anything else, he first said, let there be light. Uh, I'm just going to read the first um, couple of verses of Genesis 1. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good. And And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Surely the fact that not only is it the first thing that God made, but it is the first words that God spoke that are recorded in the Bible, shows its importance. Without that light, everything that God had made after would be pointless, because no one would be able to see it, and nothing God made would have survived. Can you imagine, uh, can you imagine not being able to see Niagara Falls? or the Grand Canyon, or even the beautiful hills of the Rhondda Valleys, <laughs> which are underwater at the moment. <laughs> um, light is vital. Saying all this, light isn't available to everyone. The images we see are made up of light reflected from the objects that we look at. This light enters our eye through the coroner, which acts like a window at the front of our eye. Some people are visually impaired and need glasses to be able to see, and some people lose this ability altogether and are blind. This can happen due to old age, or illness, or even be blind at birth. These people then need aid to guide, uh, get around. We've got guide dogs, walking sticks, even miniature horses are now being used as guides. <laughs> <laughs> there is a light, however, which that is available to everyone. It is a different light than... It is different than a light that you could see, and more a light you could feel. When Jesus was on earth, he said he was the light of the world, and whoever believed in him will not walk in darkness, but receive the light of life. So what does this actually mean? Well, let's go back to physical light for the moment, and head to Exodus. 
Um, we all know the story of Moses and the plagues. Uh, the ninth plague was Egypt being covered in darkness. And I'm just going to read um, Exodus 10, verses 21 to 29. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in the, all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall left be left behind. For we must take some of, the, some of them to serve the Lord our God, and even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me, take heed for you, to yourself, and see my face no more. For on the day you sh see my face, you shall die. So Moses said, You have spoken well, I will never see your face again. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Basically, everyone was blind for three days. Well, not everyone. The Israelites were not affected for the simple reason that they were God's people. God protected his people throughout the whole of the devastation of Egypt during the ten plagues. Now, if we go back, maybe we can understand what um, this other light is a bit more. Um, on Thursday nights, we do a prophecies at the moment. And if you're not coming along, I urge you to come because it's very interesting. And although this is not technically a prophecy, it's more of an, an, an analogy for us. When we accept Jesus as our personal saviour, we become one of God's people. And the darkness that ensnares the rest of the world, we are now protected from. Let's go back to Genesis and the creation of the world. I read that God created day and night, that when God created day and night, he divided or separated the light from the darkness. Again, this can be an analogy for us. Jesus was sent here as the light of the world, and when he died for us, he separated us from the darkness of sin. And for those that believe, we are divided from the darkness and are brought into the light. We all know the phrase, the light at the end of the tunnel. When we go through life without Jesus, we are always walking in the dark. You can see the light in front of you, but it doesn't matter how far or fast you run, you could never reach it. It never gets closer. But once you ask Jesus to be your saviour and the sins of your life are being removed, you reach the light and are bathed in the rays of the glory of God. Because he now looks at you and sees his son and there is no going back into that tunnel. Everyone has the ability to reach the end of the tunnel. You don't need glasses or a walking stick or even a miniature guide horse. The only guide you need is Jesus. As I, as I have already read, he said to himself, whoever, whoever believes in him, shall receive the light of life. So how is Jesus the light of the world? Well, simply because he is God's son. He is from God. Uh, let us read um, through bits of John chapter 8, which was read earlier on. Um, so I'm going to read back through 13 to 13. So uh, the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. 
It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the father who sent me bears witness of me. They said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would also know my father. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you shall seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, because he says, Where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die of your sins. If, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die of your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying from you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who has sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who has sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I, for I always do those things that please him. And he spoke these words, many believed him. As he explains in these verses, everything he does is by the will of, the, of his Father. He speaks from God, for God, and as God. He is the light of the world because God is the God of light. We have another link to Moses uh, further on in this chapter, and I'm just going to read the um, same chapter, chapter 8, from uh, 37 to 59. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not know what I have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you that the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have, no, no, we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come, to my, come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you were not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. He was murdered from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and your father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me, which of you convicts me of sin. And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear, because you are not from God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, do, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honour my Father, and you dishonour me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? 
Jesus answered, If I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father who honours me, of whom you say that he, he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And I say, I do not know him. I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my, my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jew said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And then we'll just read Exodus 3, 1, 11 to 15. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to, a, to the children of Israel to say to them, The God of your father sent me, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So, um, what do we get when we receive this light of life? Well, I thought, as we haven't seen one of these in a while, I'd show it as an acrostic. Um, so, the L stands for love. We, I, I know that uh, God loves us uh, all the time, but until we accept this light, until we accept Jesus as our saviour, we don't actually receive God's love until that happens. Um, so that's why I just go, go, went for that. And then we got I... Uh, intercession and I'm just going to read Romans 8 31-34 what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies who is he who condemns it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who will make intercessions for us. Amen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then, G, grace. When, once we receive um, this life, we receive God's grace, his unending grace. Um, it's just his amazing grace. Um, and I'm going to read... Romans 3.20-24 Therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight by, for by the law it is knowledge through sin but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to, to all and on all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteous righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sin that were previously committed to demonstrate his present time 
his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Amen. H, um, I've gone for hope. Um, so, because Jesus um, died for us all, it just gives us a hope for the future. Um, a hope that when we do uh, pass on, that we will be with him in paradise. Um, and then T, truth. So this verse has already been said today. Um, so we'll just go back through it. Uh, so it's in John chapter 8. And this is one of those verses where um, you see it in like large churches and they all go nuts. So I, I want a bit of that. Like, right? <laughs> then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously the truth in that we accept is that Jesus is God's son and that he died for us all so when we receive this light we realise the truth that um, that Jesus died for us all so yeah we did a so that's the end of my acrostic um, we did a day about Jesus being the light of the world in Mercy Church um, was it November I think and um, I also along with the Chris Ingle service where we had the candle represent that fact I think all I was pointing me in the direction to talk about this tonight uh, well, we made some lighthouses in a messy church. I didn't mean to bring one, but I forgot. Um, so to finish off, I'm just going to compare Jesus to a lighthouse. So yes, uh, just a little fact. Um, sticking to our link with Exodus um, and Moses, there is evidence that the Egyptians built the first lighthouses um, around 2,000 years ago. Um, so slave labour was used to build the lighthouse, so it could have been the Israelites that made it, but... Uh, I can't um, you know, confirm that fact, as I wasn't there. Um, so, lighthouses, as we know, warn ships on the sea that they are near in danger, either in the form of cliffs, jagged rocks, or even that the coast is near. They are also used for navigation, guarding ships to port or away from other ships. This is more obviously more important in the dark, where natural light would fail the sailors in, in the form of the moon and stars. The lighthouse was was key to their survival. Think, think of us as one of them ships floating on the sea of life. It can seem good at first on the calm waters, the sun is out, not a cloud in the sky, everything is good. Then all of a sudden darkness will arrive, the sea starts to swirl around you and you feel like you were losing control. Then you see a lighthouse shining so brightly that you can see everything around you and everything becomes clear. This lighthouse is Jesus. And he will guide you not only to safety, but through the doors of the lighthouse, so that you become one with him. Some people will see this lighthouse, but choose to ignore it, and try to go their own way. Some will see different lighthouses, and set their life on a different course. Others don't even look for the light, and go through life in complete darkness. Those that see the lighthouse will notice as they come towards it, the red and white colours um, swirling round. Now what do these colours symbolise? Well, the red is Jesus' blood, which he shed, shed for you on the cross. The white is now your soul, which has been made clean. As it says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be made as wool. Because of this sacrifice, we are all able to receive the gift of light. And not only go through the doors of the lighthouse, but become lights as well. Lights that can help guide those that are lost at sea. Guide them to the lighthouse that is Jesus, who in turn can open his doors to all who find him. 
If you are still sailing in the dark tonight and are yet to ask Jesus to be part of your life, to be your saviour, let tonight be the night that you let Jesus guide you to him so that you too can sail straight through the doors of his heart and receive the light of life. Amen. 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 Amen.